Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 65, This Land is Your Land. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How you doing, Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I'm pretty fired up for this episode, I'll be honest. We haven't done one of these in a while, and it was a lot of fun going through the land. So, I feel like we've spent more time preparing for this episode than we have our last 30 episodes. Well, let's be honest. We had a rating scale. We had points associated with it. Pete had to total it up, send us out the what land won. So, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. It got really complicated. I'm really excited to see uh, see how everything turned out here. So what we're going to be talking about tonight, we thought it would be kind of fun to go through and rank the lands at Magic Kingdom. We've all kind of determined in the past that Magic Kingdom is our favorite park. Now we're going to break it down even further and determine what is our favorite part of Magic Kingdom. And I, and I think that all three of us have pretty different opinions on uh, on what the best part of Magic Kingdom is, right? Yeah, and I guess we're going to have to dive in and figure it out. Uh, we we had some early discussion, and Pete and I have already gotten in an argument about one of my selections versus what he believes. So we will, we'll certainly not bring that onto the podcast. Uh, we've done that all fair. We've hashed it out. Well, b- before we get into that tonight, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, what have we got this week? Got a little bit of news. It's not, not as news heavy as we've had in the past. We'll start over in Magic Kingdom. Uh, Monsters, Inc. Live Floor has a new sign. Uh, we kind of hit that this was going to happen, just didn't know when. It hangs over the walkway. They cleared out some area by Monsters, Inc. Live Floor to help with the traffic flow and the people flow uh, through through that area and over the bridge. Uh, but there is a new Monsters, Inc. Live Floor sign. You can Google it and see it. Mike Wazowski's on the sign, as you can imagine. So if you're in Tomorrowland or you're floating in Magic Kingdom uh, here in the near future, you will notice a new sign. Moving to Hollywood Studios, there is a personal shopping service now available for a limited time at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, Buying merchandise from Walt Disney World is easier than ever thanks to the Shop Disney Parks app. Guests who would rather do their holiday shopping in person but don't want to run around the parks and resorts can use the special limited time personal shopping service, which is now being tested at Hollywood Studios. From now until the end of the holiday season, uh, at the, I think, Mickey's of Hollywood Studio gift shop, guests can take advantage of this new uh, service that Disney is offering completely free. You simply look for the personal shopper in the store. There are signs to follow and give him or her your shopping list and they will do all the work for you. Uh, picking up each item on your list, ringing it up and calling you when your order is ready uh, so you can pay and pick up your packages. This is interesting because it's going to save it's going to save time and it may actually lower traffic through stores because uh, you won't have everyone just kind of meet like meandering around trying to find what they're looking for. But well, it's, it's funny to me. I, we took our daughter to go see Santa Claus today. When when you go to see Santa Claus, if you've got a kid and two parents, that's three people that have to stand in line. So same thing applies when you're shopping at a Disney store. You've got a mom, a dad, however many kids. It's a lot of people in one store. So I think you're absolutely right. If if you can use a personal shopper to shop for all of the items on your uh, on your gift list, you can eliminate a lot of the people from the stores. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. I would think it'd be a success. I, for one, kind of enjoy bouncing around 
through the stores. My wife does too. We kind of go in there not knowing what we're going to purchase or look at. And it's nice to, you know, this time of the year, it's not as important, but when it's hot in Florida, it is nice to walk through the stores. So we'll see, we'll see uh, how popular it is and if it's here for the long haul. Uh, I, I, you know, Magic Kingdom could really use it through some of the shopping areas there. Moving to Animal Kingdom, the, I do not know if we hit it on the podcast, but there was a baby giraffe born a a, a few weeks back. Uh, It has now appeared in Kilimanjaro Safari for the first time. The giraffe's name is Amira, which means princess in Swahili. And so if you're going through Kilimanjaro Safari in the near future, give, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled because you may see Amira out with uh, the other giraffe. So that's kind of neat. Disney does a lot with animals and they're really good uh, with their conservation efforts and treating those animals uh, extremely well that you do see throughout the safari. So it's always exciting when a new animal is born and, and Disney gets implemented into the Kilimanjaro Safari for their fans and guests to see. Heading over to Disney Springs, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 experience now open at Disney Springs. They opened a new Kingdom Hearts experience this week where guests have the chance to play some of the game, uh, see a Keyblade exhibit, and check out game artwork. I believe you can pre-order the game using the kiosks that are set up in the space, uh, and it'll be open through January 31st, 2019. I'm fired up about this. We're going. Yeah, so I, I played Kingdom Hearts growing up, and it's kind of amazing to me that it's still it's still around. Yeah, it is. This is um, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 were both fantastic. There have been a couple other games that have come out, but really, really looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, I may buy a PlayStation just so that I can play Kingdom Hearts. You know, it'll probably be something that ends up getting purchased in my household as well. Uh, going to some general news, some of it's in the resorts and some of it's just things we've heard. Um, Disney Skyliner begins testing around Walt Disney World. I know we're still a few months away from what we believe the opening will be, but Disney has begun their testing on Skyliner cables this week uh, with special maintenance cabs uh, that have kind of gone across to ensure these cables are hung properly and capable of carrying the full-size gondolas. That's exciting. I've seen some videos online. It's going to be awesome. Not not going to be air conditioned, but it's going to be awesome. I think a lot of people will use it. So, are you going to ride it? I don't think so. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to stay on the old fashioned way and, and go on the bus. But uh, but you're still excited on because of these. I think it's going to look cool, and I think anytime Disney adds transportation op- like options, it helps. Other than the minivans. Other than the minivans. Uh, some other general news. Hours cut at Sebastian's Bistro. So we've hit this. This is a new restaurant that opened at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. Everything I had heard was really positive reviews on the food. That that it service was great. I'm not really sure why they've adjusted it to hours, but they'll be serving lunch now from noon to 3 and dinner from 5 to 10. Don't know what that means. I don't know if that means... Just the traffic level wasn't where Disney expected it to be, or this was in the plans all along. Uh, but we we did catch that bit of news, and we'll continue to monitor reviews and plans for Sebastian's Bistro. I do know they needed to complete some of the decorating. They had not finished everything yet. It could be part of that, giving them some more you know hours each day to work on the restaurant, uh, but not sure. This one is, it's I probably should have put it under Magic Kingdom news, but uh, it's kind of general news. Additional cast members have been deployed at the Magic Kingdom for the holiday season. A uh, new guest experience team will be on hand at the Magic Kingdom Park during the holiday. Cast members will help guests make the most of their day by proactively assisting guests with booking, modifying, and recovering FastPass Plus selections, uh, navigating the My Disney Experience app, and using your Magic Bands. These cast members will be wearing blue shirts and will be stationed in Main Street, USA, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, and Frontierland. 
I think this is probably smart for Disney because you are seeing an uptick in traffic during the holiday season. And you may be seeing a lot of people who have never done anything with the app. Disney's always there to help. This team does not have to be on the ground for you to get assistance with the app. There are still people throughout the park. But I can, I'll give you an example. I was in Epcot and we had a, a FastPass issue with my mom's FastPass. It didn't register. And we unfortunately had to walk to the front of the park to do the process. So it is nice to actually be in the lands. It'll save you some time. Don't anticipate this being a permanent deal, but you may see it as peak seasons come and go that they deploy this team throughout the parks. Well, Matt, we, we used some cast members when we were at, uh, when we were at magic or yeah, magic kingdom last time. And, and we had a problem actually with our, uh, seven doors, mind train fast pass. We were able to get one for some reason. We weren't able to get two and they, uh, they were able to fix that for us. Yeah. And it, it was actually really quick, convenient. I was, I don't know if you remember this, Pete, but I was very hesitant to go. I was like, Pete, like, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just go do a ride. You know, I don't want to be waiting for an hour, or hour and a half in line waiting to talk to somebody. And we were in and out in five, ten minutes, tops maybe. So, I mean, never hesitate to go talk to the, you know, go talk to the cast members and let them know when you're having an issue because they'll definitely try and correct it. And, you know, dishonest people don't really do that. So, as long as you're being honest, like, you know, they'll be really good to you. Well, you know, Pete, we had an issue too with... Was it our dining plan? Yeah, it was our it was our dining plan. We were eating lunch at Be Our Guest, and our dining plan didn't register for some reason. And we had to go up to the front of the park at Magic Kingdom. Disney was great though because they gave us extra snacks. They they comped Pete. You know, they gave Pete his money back really quick because Pete just put the meal on his card to keep it all clean and in, in his Disney account, and it worked out. But it'll be nice. It'll be nice for for folks who are. You know, that app's going to have a ton of traffic, so I'm sure there's going to be mishaps that happen. Uh, last bit of news, annual pass holders now showing ID when parking at parks and resorts. Disney's getting strict on parking, gentlemen. <laughs> and this is just an effort to continue to stop people from tricking the system. Yeah, I, they're going to they're gonna continue to crack down on these types of things. Parking at the resorts, parking at the theme parks, all, all this they're going to get more strict on. Disney Springs is going to be the next one. I, I hope they do not ever require parking for Disney Springs. I mean, they're going to kill any local traffic that they get if they start charging for parking at Disney Springs. Yeah, I mean, my one of my little tricks I've shared on here is to park at Disney Springs and just hop on the first bus to take you to a resort to go check out a resort. And Tom just ruined it for everyone. Yep. So I'm probably the one ruining it. But but I don't I honestly I don't think they can start charging for parking at Disney Springs, but but they are really getting strict on parking at the parks and parking at the resorts. So, you know, if you can use Magic Express, use Magic Express to get to the uh, to the resorts. So I have a question here, and this is something that I've never thought about doing. When you go to, you know, one of the, the Disney friend resorts, I can't remember what their actual name is. I mean, could you park in that parking lot? I mean, I know some of them require tickets and hop on, you know, the Disney transportation that comes every hour. Typically, the... The Disney Good Neighbor Hotels or the Disney Springs area hotels also have a resort fee, which which includes parking. So if you don't pay the resort fee, if you don't have a parking pass, you may get towed. I know, Tom, you guys are staying at what, the Doubletree? And they have a resort fee? Yes. Yep. Yeah, the last time I stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn and they didn't have any kind of parking pass. And I remember taking, no, I didn't take the bus because I rode with you, Pete. 
but um, I know there was a bus that came every hour. And we thought about doing it, but it didn't start until after rope drop. So we didn't want to be, you know, we can't get there after rope drop. Absolutely. Well, that's it for the news. Uh, Pete, unless you have another item or Matt, if you had something you want to share other than you get your burn bomb book 50% off. Yeah. So yesterday my wife and I were at the factory outlet, some close to our house and one of the wholesale bookstores was closing. And because of that, all the hardback books were $4 and all the paperback books were $2. So we were just kind of scrounging around seeing what we could find. And I found a 2017 burn bomb book, which when I was a kid, you know, my mom would always get that for us every year. My brother and I would plan our itinerary, you know, to go to Disney World. So I was pretty fired up to get it. So tonight I'm going to be Johnny on the spot with facts, tips and information because got to love burn bond. The only other thing that I've got to say is, and, and I'm really excited, Tom, that you brought this up because I didn't realize that they were open this late, but. The Void is still doing their Star Wars thing. So we may be able to hit that up on our uh, on our trip coming up. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, ho- I hope the group has some buy-in because you have to buy hard tickets. It's not a reservation where you you know show up and then pay. It, it's You pay in advance and you have tickets for a sp- specific time to go. So this is um just kind of a catch me up on y'all's plans. Any news and notes on y'all's trip? Anything you're trying to get done right now? I mean, you're what inside? You're inside six weeks or eight weeks from your trip, right? Uh, we are inside of four weeks. Yeah, we are 20, five, 25, 25 days, days away. I think. Have y'all had any success in getting into some of the restaurants you were looking for last week? Or I think any, we've been lazy. Fast you're hunting? I think Pete and I joked about this. I, he's like, you've been looking at that reservation. I was like, nope. Yeah, we we've we've both been kind of lazy on it, but. We've got pretty good times for the reservations. We're we're pretty content with our fast passes that we've got. So I think right now at this point we're just kind of waiting for the trip to get started. Yeah, you guys you guys prepped early, which was a pretty good idea. Prep, prep, prep. We talk about it all the time on our podcast. We we gotta we'd be hypocritical if we didn't do it ourselves. Exactly. Anything else? I'm ready to get into this topic. That's what I'm ready to do. All right. Well, let's pause for just a minute before we get into the topic and hear from our sponsors. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. 
Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started with our main topic for tonight. So, again, as I said earlier, we're going to be discussing the lands at, at Magic Kingdom. Now, we had this complicated algorithm to figure out how we were going to rank these things before the episode started. So we've already done that work. And that that's pr- proprietary, and we can't share that with you. Now, I don't know if I completely 100% agree with the ranking of where we have these things. But we'll get into that as we kind of get into the topic. So here's what we're going to do. Based on our proprietary ranking algorithm, which is literally we just assigned points based on where we ranked all these things, we're going to talk about these lands from our least favorite to our most favorite. So we're going to go number six to number one. The first land that we're going to talk about is Adventureland. This is this land kind of came in last of all the lands at Magic Kingdom. So... I guess let's let's do this. When when we start a new land, let's go around the horn. We'll we'll say where we each individually rank this land, and then we'll just kind of discuss. So I ranked Adventureland number five. So five out of six for me. So I have Adventureland number four. And I brought up the rear here. I gave it a number six ranking, my least favorite portion of Magic Kingdom. All right. So real quick, what what is your what is your favorite thing about this land? For me. It's it's a tie between pirates and the Dole Whip. Okay, Pete's a big Dole Whip fan. Um, so for me, huge I was actually, Dole Whip fan. Yeah, huge Dole Whip guy. I was actually surprised at how high I put Adventureland when I first started thinking about this. I thought it would for sure be my number six, to be honest. But the reason that it got bumped up number four for me were the, my two top attractions. But you have the Jungle Cruise and you have Pirates of the Caribbean, and those are two Disney classics. I just think these two classic rides kind of separate it from some from some other lands, especially for me and my age right now. Go ahead, um, Pete or Tom. Yeah, so my my top attractions here in Adventureland are very similar with you guys. Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorites. It's definitely my wife's favorite attraction. It might be her favorite in all of Magic Kingdom. So she would probably totally disagree with my matter of fact. She got it in our on our discussion earlier about our ranking our lands, and she would disagree with where I have Adventureland. But I also like the Jungle Cruise. I like the Jingle Cruise. It's a must stop on my my trips to Magic Kingdom. But there is the reason I ranked it number six because there's a lot of other things that I could do without in Adventureland. Yeah, I I mean it, for me, I never spend a whole lot of time in Adventureland other than to get a Dole Whip, to go on Pirates for my Fast Pass, or to go on a Jungle Cruise. And you know, I find myself really judging Jungle Cruise. If there's a 60 minute wait for Jungle Cruise, I'm not I'm not coming over here for it. Like it's not worth a 60 minute wait for me. Yeah, I agree. Now, I will tell you something that I yeah, it's not worth 60 minutes. But I will tell you something that I do do in Adventureland. 
I'll cut through Adventureland to get to, to get to Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Road if I think that most of the crowd is going straight. I'll 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 you know swerve left there. Yeah, I mean, and in that sense, it is a good shortcut. But I mean, as far as the attractions go, like I'm coming over here for Pirates and Jungle Cruise if I get fast passes for them, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, my wife loves Swiss Family Treehouse. I'm not that big of a fan of it. We've talked about that in the past. You have the Enchanted Tiki Room. You know, I don't. I know our, our feelings on that. We can take it or leave it. And then by far, my least favorite attraction in Adventureland is the Carpets of Aladdin. I just think it's worthless. <laughs> I, I think we're all kind of on the same page there that Aladdin's flying carpets. I mean, none of us are at that age where we're going to enjoy that. The Swift Family Treehouse, again, I don't care for it. Matt, you don't really care for it. Tom... I know you don't care for it either. So I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Now, I do think they could make that cooler. And we've talked about that in the past. I think it could be more interactive. You know, I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, my do without list definitely includes that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of bottom of the barrel for us here at Magic Kingdom is Adventureland. So let's go to the next one. And this this surprises me that it's this low because... You know, if you think about it, it is really the newest land at Disney at uh, Magic Kingdom, right? And that's Fantasyland. This surprised me too, and I toyed with my ranking of it be- because it felt wrong to rank it as low as I did. Yeah, so mine, I I had Fantasyland in the uh, in the number four slot. I had him in the five. So I had Fantasyland in the five slot as well, which which hurt actually. You know, I'm I'm kind of like Pete. I think about it, and there's so many classic rides there. But it's like I don't want to wait in the line for those rides, if that makes sense. And that's why it kind of it, it dropped the peg for me. I thought Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean were a step up from the rides that I can see in Fantasyland outside of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and outside of my favorite attraction in Fantasyland, which is Mickey's Philhar Magic. This one was lower for me, and I think it's at the age I'm at right now. Fantasyland doesn't necessarily have the attractions that move the needle for me. My top attraction here is. Seven Dwarfs, because I think one, it's, it's the newest attraction there, I believe. Uh, maybe Little Mermaid's newer, but they're right there neck and neck. And two, I think it's the best attraction in Fantasyland. So while I did rank it low, it had nothing to do, no knock on Seven Dwarfs. I, I mean, I like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I think it's a good blend of roller coaster and, you know, you do get a little bit of Snow White Scary Adventure in there too, where you've got the animatronics in there, you've got the witch, you've got the all the dwarfs and Snow White dancing in the uh, in the little cabin so i mean yeah seven dwarfs mine train is is kind of my favorite attraction here in Fantasyland. i also i love be our guest i think be our guest is is a fantastic restaurant it's probably the best restaurant you know in my opinion at magic kingdom and to be honest when i was thinking about adventureland earlier i almost said it but i can't think of a good food spot there i mean you walk right past the crystal palace to, to get there and i do like crystal palace but in adventureland where are you eating i mean there's the the uh, Jungle Navigation Company Skipper Canteen, which I have not eaten at, but I've heard good things about, which is an Adventureland. But but to me, that does not hold a candle to Be Our Guest. I mean, you want to talk about theme dining at Disney World? Like, Be Our Guest is cream of the crop. Even even Gaston's Tavern is is up there, right? Because Gaston's Tavern is kind of fun. You know, I think what I'm realizing here is while we rated it low, it doesn't mean we dislike any of it. You know, we like everything about Fantasyland. And I, I, I totally agree. You know, as far as dislike in Fantasyland, I'm not a huge Mickey's Magic guy, which I know, Matt, that is one of your favorite rides at, at uh, or your favorite attractions at Magic Kingdom. I'm also 
not a huge Little Mermaid guy. I I think that that ride could be devoted to a much better, much better intellectual property. For one, you missed what needs to go, and it's Barnstormer out of Fantasyland. But to, I'm, Little Mermaid's not that bad. It summarizes the story. It's a great soundtrack. It's an easy ride. It's be, some of the best air conditioning. If if it were a, if it were a good ride, it would have at least a ten minute wait, and it never. People does. don't know about the air conditioning back there. It's kind of tucked away. That's what I chalk it up to. Although you're right, it does have the best air conditioning in Magic Kingdom. You talking about, you're talking about L- Little Mermaid? Yep. Yeah. When when you walk down into that cave. Like it, I mean, the temperature drops 40 degrees. It's great. You know, with, and summarizing with Fantasyland, kind of my why, where I ranked it, where it was, is like I said earlier, the stage of life I'm at right now, don't spend all my time there. I would imagine if Pete were to take his daughter in, this would be a popping area for, for his trip. Yeah, because you've, I mean, let's think about it. You've got Winnie the Pooh, you've got Peter Pan, you've got Cinderella, you've got Rapunzel, you've got Ariel, you've got Anna and Elsa, you've got It's a Small World, the Mad Tea Party, like... Everything that a small child wants to see at Disney World is in Fantasyland. So, yeah, if I'm taking my two-year-old daughter at this point, I'm spending 90% of my day in Fantasyland. We forgot about one classic Disney dining experience in Fantasyland. You're not thinking about it, but you look over Fantasyland when you eat there. Ooh. Do we yeah, I mean, Cinderella's, Cinderella's Royal Table. Is that Fantasyland? You know, Birnbaum says it's in Fantasyland. <laughs> As he I mean, I can, through the I pages. can kind of see that. Okay. That- yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was thinking about it and I, I kind of agree because when I went there many moons ago, you know, I did look over Fantasyland. I can see my family walking around and it was funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, that's probably off Main Street. Okay. I, I can, I can get behind that. I'm okay with that. All right. So we said, what, what are we getting rid of? Barnstormer? Barnstormer. I, I, I've got I've got Mickey's Philharmagic in there, but I know that you love Mickey's Philharmagic. I, I love it, and I, I I do think that you know it's getting older now. I mean, it's definitely getting older. I can see the space you know changing eventually, but I, I do enjoy just the the mis the mishmash of Disney characters that are all presented there. And, and Donald's my favorite character, you know, and Donald plays a prominent role in that. This was an award winning show, wasn't it? it? It it was at one point, but that was probably fifteen or twenty years ago. I mean, it's been it's been there a long time. I hadn't been there twenty years, but I'm with you oh, in general. Well, I, here, I, bet it, I bet it has. Here's my problem with Fantasyland: is that it has all these great attractions, but the wait times are absolute trash. You think about how long the wait time for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is. I mean, you're a hundred minutes, like minimum. Oh, you think Peter about Pan. Peter Pan, ninety minutes minimum. Like all these wait times are just ridiculous. Now, don't forget Dumbo. I almost put that as my as my top attraction there, but I haven't ridden it in years. For for reference, I did look up. Philharmonic Magic's been open sixteen years. Uh, in twenty nineteen, it'll be sixteen years. At least a half of my life. So so let's move on to the next land. And so this is the uh, this is number three from the bottom here for us, and it's Liberty Square. So I ranked Liberty Square number three out of all the lands at Disney World. I ranked it number four, and just so everyone keeping score at home, that's where it came in on our group ranking it in, in the fourth, our fourth favorite. I'll be honest. I think that, well, let me say that it came in number six for me. Oh, brutal. I don't, I don't love it. I, I do love Liberty Square, but I think you're giving a lot of, a lot of brownie points to the Haunted Mansion to rank it there. No, no. So I, I will tell you why I ranked this so high. So. I'm a huge fan of American, the American colonial period. I'm a huge fan of the theming of this land. I think that this land fits the American colonial period, period perfectly. You think about the architecture, you think about, you've got 
a replica of the Liberty Bell. You've got the Liberty Tree. You've got that that great view on the rivers of America. You've got the riverboat going up and down. And then you also have the Haunted Mansion. Like, there's a ton there. I love and walking through Liberty Disney Square. Disney also did a good job, and it's something I always talk about with the bathrooms. There's no bathrooms in Liberty Square because that time period there weren't bathrooms. It's the little things. No bathrooms. See, for me, when I was ranking, when I was doing my rankings, I was looking at rides. I was looking at, I wasn't looking at the ambience that you guys are looking at, and I totally get that, and I totally appreciate it. By the way, and like I told you last week, I'm a history buff, and I do love that aspect of it. I know that neither of you like the Hall of Presidents, so. Well, I will not say that I don't like the Hall of Presidents. For me, the Hall of Presidents kind of. I don't know, invokes this feeling of like patriotism. So when I'm when I'm in the Hall of Presidents, I get really proud to be an American. Cats out of the back here. I could do without the Hall of Presidents in Liberty in Liberty Square. It definitely is not my favorite. Well, so so I mean, Haunted Mansion is your top attraction then, I guess. I think that'd be across the board, right? Yeah. All I mean, three of us. Be. I think so. You don't I mean, you don't really have much to pull from. When we talk about do without, like what else is there? I mean what I would do without is I could do without the, uh, I mean, the Muppets take Liberty Square, whatever it's called, Moments in American History or whatever it's called. Like, that does nothing for me. I've watched the show a couple of times and it, it literally does nothing for me. You know, we did Hall of Presidents. I don't know if we did it on our last trip because it was closed, but they did have the Muppet show. And I mean, Pete Pete and I were, gen- I think we both were generally excited to see it. And the group of guys was genuinely excited to see it. And then it just kind of left us like, hmm, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to go conspiracy theory here for a little bit. Next time you go to Hall of Presidents, look at the Donald Trump animatronic and tell me that the Imagineers did not start making a Hillary animatronic (laughs) and then have to convert it to Trump at the last minute. Like the animatronic looks like Hillary Clinton that they converted into Trump. How big are the hands? Just out of curiosity. I have not seen the hands, but like it legitimately looks like Hillary Clinton with a Trump wig on. It's it's hilarious. I, I do love this area. And we talk about restaurants. You know, I love Liberty Tree Tavern. I think that's a great place. And I hope you guys do go there when you do your Mendu Disney trip, because that's just you'll eat a lot of food and you'll be full. Do you all have that on the list or is it be your guest? Be my guest? I don't I don't think it is. We're so we're eating it. Be our guest. And I don't think you guys have a reservation plan for your Magic Kingdom Day, do you? We are doing, we're kind of going reservation list. We have Ohana and that's it. Bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how this works out for you. So here, let me, I can, I mean, while we're here, I guess I'll visit it. We're very excited for our Disney trip. We, it, it's kind of nice to just be able to float around. We're, we're, we're doing Disney on the cheap kind of, so it's going to be quick service meals. The big meal is Ohana. You know, at Epcot, obviously we have no reservations because we're going to be eating throughout the countries. So I think the group, there's some guys who like Cosmic Rays. There's some who like Casey's. There's some who like Columbia Harbor House. So it'll be interesting where we land. Probably so, to flip a coin or something like that. I feel like that's what we did last time, right? Well, we're going to, I mean, we're going to Cosmic Rays. I, there'll be no coin flipping for me. <laughs> well, don't you guys have a buddy that's in Disney right now that's going to be on your Mendu Disney trip? We do. He's using his annual pass. He's a Florida resident. I think I think you know him, Matt. Yeah, I hope he's not a Debbie Downer because he was just at Disney. I can see him just hanging out by the pool all day, just drinking cocktails the entire time. I, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's excited to be part of another uh, another Mendu Disney trip. Got to go to the next land, which came in uh, number three for us as a group. We rank we rank this one vastly different. Yeah, this was all off. over the place. It's Tomorrowland, and it is my number one favorite land in Magic Kingdom. Matt? I gave it number three. I gave it number three because I think that it has a, 
you know, a variety of good rides. And I, I just like the way the, the land feels. I like the walking around through the land. I love the turkey legs in the land. I just think that it has a, it has a nostalgia feel for me that's not going to change. Like I'll, I'll be interested to see how it changes over time, but it hasn't changed in my lifetime. Matt has eaten 10% of all the turkey legs that he has bought from Tomorrowland. No, so I ranked Tomorrowland six out of six. So Tomorrowland was my least favorite land. And this is where Tom and I got into some, some discussion. I'll tell you why I ranked it last. To me, Tomorrowland does not have a cohesive theme. It just seems like anything that doesn't fit anywhere else in Magic Kingdom gets stuck in Tomorrowland. So you've got Space Mountain, you've got Tomorrowland Speedway, you've got Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, you've got Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Like totally random stuff. There's there's no there's no overarching story. You know, you look at a fantasy land, you look at an adventure land, you look at a frontier land, all of them have an overarching theme, and, and Tomorrowland really doesn't to me. And it bothers me. I think what we're realizing is you put a lot into the themes and the story, I guess, the land tells you in your ranking. Absolutely. I mean, the rides, the rides are great, but you know, what the land, what the land does to me, like what, what feelings the land evokes to me really means a lot to me in the ranking. I mean, you can't, you can't forget the smells, right? Yeah. I think Matt and I went more attraction based because my favorite attraction in Magic Kingdom is here, Space Mountain. And I, we tried to pick a top attraction. I picked basically all of Tomorrowland, <laughs> Space Mountain, Monsters, Inc., Buzz Lightyear, Carousel of Progress, and the People Mover, as well as Cosmic Rays. You can't forget that. And and for that reason, I could spend hours in Tomorrowland. I mean, for me, I put I put this as my number three park. And I basically put it there because I do love Space Mountain. I think it's an iconic Disney ride. I'm still a fan of Buzz Lightyear. I know that Pete thinks that that's time for another attraction there. Um, I like the People Mover. We've talked about that in the past. That's a great, relaxing attraction. The Carousel of Progress has just really stood the test of time for me. And I could spend an entire morning in Tomorrowland and not regret it. And I guess like when I thought about other other lands, I couldn't say the same thing up until this point. Well, so let's talk about Carousel of Progress real quick. So Carousel of Progress, I mean, do you think that Carousel of Progress needs to be updated? I I don't, because I think that I think that the future they show is really important for young kids to see now and also just just every demographic that comes through almost everyone can relate to what they think the future will look like and then what it didn't look like and they didn't change it so i i agree in that regard and and i think that is what tomorrowland should be i think tomorrowland should be and continue to be this kind of hypothetical vision of the future right and it's it's not right now like there's, it's, it's just not. So, so here's what I think about Carousel of Progress. I think that the first three scenes should remain as they are because I don't, I don't think you really want to mess with that at all. You know, you, you want to get that sense of here's where America was in the past. But I think that the, the last scene and that we're talking about the future, I think that needs to be continue to be updated, you know, maybe every five years, maybe every 10 years. I don't think so. And the reason I say that is you're going to end up skipping so many decades from scene three to scene four. Well, well but, but let's think about, okay, let's think about the first scene. Like we're almost, so the first scene is the 20s, right? So we're almost in 2020. Like we're two years away from 2020 right now. Do you update that scene? At what point do you change that? I don't know. To me, it's really important to to leave the first three scenes and and just to update the uh, just to update the last scene. 
So being someone who loves Carousel Progress, I agree. I think the last scene needs to be updated because the last scene was intended to project the future. And it is definitely not doing that at this juncture. So I agree with you. Other than that, I don't want to change anything to most of the attractions that are listed in Tomorrowland. You know, my wife was more on the Pete side of things with Tomorrowland when she heard us, you know, discussing pre-show. So maybe we need to up, update Buzz Lightyear because that was one of her big deals. Yeah, I, I think I think Buzz Lightyear at this at this point is it's what twenty five years old. It's got to be up there. I mean, I I really think that Buzz Lightyear could stand a refresh. Even if they just refresh the cars and they give us the guns from Disneyland that you can remove from the holsters and actually aim and shoot, and you don't have to turn the car around to be able to shoot. Like, even if we got that, that to me would make it a, a brand new attraction. You know what's been surprising to me? How well Monsters, Inc. has withstood the time, like the, the test of time. Well, you know my feelings on Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. I mean, that technology is absolutely incredible. Like, the, the digital puppetry. Yep. I never get tired of that. I really never get tired of that. It's something we've encouraged you all to do multiple times on a trip, especially if you want to escape the heat, because it's a totally different show every time. Because it is live comedians interacting with a live audience. I agree. You, you can't go wrong with it. Let's move on to our number two land. Coincidentally, I have this land ranked number two, and it is Frontierland. Um, Pete, where do you have this ranked? Yeah, I, I had it ranked number two as well. And I ranked it number three, so we were all right there in the same same general area. I think pretty much our favorite attraction in this land is Splash Mountain, right? Yeah. I mean, with that, without question. It's, it's, the best, it's the best ride in the Magic Kingdom. I think it's the best ride at Disney World, period. Mm, I have to respectfully disagree. But it's pretty good. Now, what I like about Frontierland, it's 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 spacious. It, it kind of goes on in one line. It's not like you're zigzagging back and forth between attractions. It's kind of all on the left-hand side. And you kind of walk your whole way through. Um, one of my favorite restaurants in Disney World, and I've talked about it before, is in Frontierland. I love Pecos Bill. Absolutely love Pecos Bill. Do you like the new Pecos Bill or do you like the old Pecos Bill? Because... I, I really, really miss the old Pecos Bill with the top with the toppings bar with the cheese yeah, on that, it. Yeah, that's what I miss. You know, I mean, yeah, Pecos Bill used to be burgers and fries. I mean, it was a standard Disney restaurant. And nachos. But the toppings bar made that. You know, now it's it's kind of a Tex-Mess Southwest Grill kind of thing. And I, I just don't like it as much. Tom? I'm not, I, I've never been a fan of Pe- Pe- Pecos Bills, but I am a fan of Frontierland. I'm a fan of Splash Mountain. That is primarily why I ranked Frontierland where I ranked it. You know, to me, this transports me back to the American West. Especially, you know, you've got that one-two combo of Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad right there next to each other. It, it just, it kind of transports you back. You know, you feel like you're in, in the, I don't know, kind of an idealized version of the American West. You're 100% right. And I'll be honest, when I was younger, my favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom actually was Big Thunder. You know, I don't know why it was maybe because I was kind of scared of the drop on, on Splash Mountain, but I could ride Big Thunder 10 times in a row. And I still can, but it's totally different ride now than it used to be. Um, you talk about things that I really enjoy. Well, let's talk about things we can do without. I think both of you, we talked about that. Y'all don't really like Tom Sawyer Island anymore. Is that kind of just, are y'all over it? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I was ever a huge Tom Sawyer Island fan. I love Tom Sawyer at one point. I'm kind of meh on it now. Matter of fact, I can I can skip it and not, doesn't really hurt my feelings. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I went. Ask me 15 years ago, and that's where I wanted to spend three hours of my day. But, but, but neither one of you guys appreciates 
Country Bear Jamboree I can't either. Can't stand it, dude. Terrible attraction. It just I see. I love I love Country Bear. I need to go back to it. I need to give another another shot. I think you know it'll it'll take a lot for me to walk through those doors. Now the pin trading um, shop right next door to Country Bears. Y'all can go in Country Bears, and I'll go do pin trading the entire time, and we can we can work with that. You know, while we're while we're here and we're hitting things we can do without. If you've been a listener of any length of time on our podcast, you've heard of the distant of Tom Sawyer, the distant of Country Bears, and the distant of the Shooting Arcade. I am gonna do without something that I will probably get crucified for on our podcast. I could do without Big Thunder. Really could. So so here's my problem with that, Tom, is that you think about Frontierland. I mean, really, all that's there is Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Tom Sawyer Island, and Country Bear Jamboree. Like, there's not a whole lot else there. Big Thunder just isn't a fun attraction to me. You, you think it's too herky-jerky? No, I think it's too slow. I don't think they go down the drops. Well, and I and I think that if if Big Thunder Mountain consistently had a had a 10 15 minute wait like it's it's a little bit different at that point but but Big Thunder is one of those rides that you know you get a 50 60 70 minute wait on and at that point it's not worth it to ride it's really not it, it it's still worth it to me i still like the ride i will say that you know some of those kind of quick up and downs will still get my stomach on Big Thunder that little quick up and down drop where you're kind of your butt hovers off the seat a little bit but I would I would imagine that both of you guys would let's say seven years ago I bet you would have liked Big Thunder a lot more. But now that Seven Doors Mind Train is there, you just much rather do that. Is that right? I I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think Seven Dwarfs has replaced Big Thunder and in, in yeah as as kind of that mountain ride in my uh, in my opinion. And I, and I think it was needed because you 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 went from you know Big Thunder and everything that was in you know from a roller coaster standpoint in Walt Disney World. And then you got Rock and Roller Coaster, and then a little bit later you got Everest, and then you got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and I think what happened was Big Thunder just got forgotten. Yeah, and they they could have done a lot with the theming at Big Thunder. You know, there's a lot more stories that they could tell at Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I mean, there really is, and and I feel like it's it's kind of neglected in the storytelling sense. Well, I've actually done a deep dive for this podcast. We talked about doing deep deep dives into some Disney rides. And I was astonished by the backstory of Big Thunder that I never knew. And like you said, there's a but, lot that gets you didn't, but you didn't know yeah, it unless you looked into it. It's not, it's not readily it, right? apparent, 100. Um, I'm like Tom. I can do without the shooting arcade. I get why it's there. Um, it's not fun. Um, the one, one last thing I will say about Splash Mountain. One of my absolute favorite things to do in Walt Disney World is ride Splash Mountain at night, either during the parade or during the fireworks. I always try and time it. So I'm coming around the bend during the parade of the fireworks because that, for my money, is the best spot to watch a parade or fireworks, even if it's just for a glimpse, even if it's just for a little bit, or going down the going down the drop, you know, when the fireworks or the parade's happening. That that is magical and it's really fun. I don't know if I know Pete's done it with me. I don't, I don't know Tom. Have we done it together? Yeah, and you know my when my wife and I went to Disney World with uh, with my mom, the we were there for Mickey's very merry Christmas. She did not want to ride Splash Mountain that evening. But she did want to watch the parade. So we actually just bounced between Big Thunder and Splash Mountain while she watched the parade right there in Frontierland. And it was a great spot to watch. All right. So let's move on to the, I mean, almost unanimous number one land at Magic Kingdom. And this comes as a surprise to me because 
I knew that I was going to pick this as my number one land. I did not know that you guys were going to rank this as high as you did. So this is Main Street USA. Again, this was my number one ranked land at Magic Kingdom. I'll be honest. I also ranked it number one. And I wondered if I was being a little too cute. But I started thinking about it. And I just said, look, Main Street USA is the one thing in Walt Disney World that'll never go away. It'll never change. It'll be the same every time you walk underneath the train track. And you walk in, you're going to see the shops, you're going to see the smells, you're going to see the scenery. You are going to see Cinderella's Castle at the end of Main Street, and you're going to get so excited to be there. And that's like the one thing that Disney captures for me is my childhood excitement. And that's Main Street USA to me in a nutshell. So it was it's number two for me because I was selfish and wanted Tomorrowland is number one. I'm going to echo what both these guys have said. I mean, there's my why behind this was because... It, it encompasses what I think of Disney World as. And when you walk in, it's the first thing you see. The views, the shopping, the smells, the music. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to Main Street USA music on a loop. So this is my number two. Although upon reflection, I can see swapping Tomorrowland with Main Street and making it my number one. You're crazy. Well, well we... You know, we've talked about in the past that that Main Street USA is kind of the opening credits for Disney World, right? So you walk in the front gate, you walk in under the train tracks, you're walking down Main Street, you're seeing all the names on the buildings, you're seeing the castle in front of you. And and to me, that's that's what really makes this the number one land at Magic Kingdom is you see that castle in front of you, you see the partner statue of, of Walt and Mickey in front of the castle, like... I, I don't know. Something about seeing that statue in front of the castle just really does it does it for me. It's hard not to put this up there. It's the first thing you see when you walk into the park. It's the last thing you see when you leave the park. The shopping there. I mean, that's the majority of the shopping in the Magic Kingdom is is Main Street USA. Now, I will say, I could do without Casey's. See, I, I Casey's does not do anything for I me. I love Casey's Corner. I always have. I think it's you know it's good, but I, I would rather go next door. Crystal Palace, like I said earlier. I love Casey's as well. I probably will slide into Casey's when I'm in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, we talk about things that we would change in all these all these lands, and I think it's going to be unanimous here. I wouldn't change a thing about Main Street USA. Here's here's the one thing that I would change about Main Street USA. I wish that they had not canceled that theater that was supposed to go on Main Street. Right now, they don't they don't really have any kind of large theater where they can put on. You think about large scale Broadway productions like they they're doing Frozen or they were doing Frozen at the Hyperion Theater at uh, at Disneyland. There's no place at Magic Kingdom they can do anything like that right now. So, well, I'll counter that and it's not something you could do without. It's on your it's on your Christmas wish list to add. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Tom, is there anything that you can think about that you would change at Main Street USA? Absolutely not. I'd leave it as is. I love everything about it. For all time. Well, do you guys have anything to add? I think we I think we hit on all six lands. It's been a long time since we've done this, and I think we brought a fresh twist to it, something we haven't done before. And you know, you know, if you guys like it, let us know. You know hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on um, the Gmail account, and just you know, let me know if you liked it, and we'll do more of this in the future. Um, you know, different different parks at Disney World, or you know, just different aspects of Disney. But I had a blast doing this, guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, and would be eager to to hear as well how our listeners rank these lands. You know, do you agree with us that that Main Street USA is number one? Do you agree that uh, Frontierland is number two, 
Or do you agree with me that Tomorrowland should be at the bottom because there's no cohesive theme at all? I'll let you have that one. I'll, I'll let you have that point, Pete, if you feel like you need to get that final jab in. Because next time we visit Hollywood Studios, we will not be doing the great movie ride. All right. Anything else to say on that, guys? Nope. I think that's good. it. All right. Well, let's go to the trivia question and secret of the week. Tom? Let's do the secret of the night first and we'll hit last week's trivia and this week's trivia. So Disney's secret of the night, is, I'm on a rhythm with these did you knows. Because uh, there are a lot of things that people probably don't know. Uh, when laid end to end, there are enough of the famous mouse ear hats sold each year to stretch 170 miles or cover the head of every man, woman, and child in Orange County, Florida. There are also enough Disney character t-shirts sold to put Mickey Mouse's smiling face on the chest of every resident of Montana. Interesting, interesting stat there for Disney. Well, going to the trivia question from last week, what is Cinderella Castle made of? It's not made of bricks. It's made of fiberglass. It just kind of appears that it's made of brick. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the, the the folks that got this right, but I got a lot of direct messages actually about answering fiberglass. So our listeners were sharp here; they were right on the spot. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we've ever mentioned this casually in an episode. We could have, uh, but good job. Love the participation with this one. Uh, hitting the trivia question for this week: Who was the first cartoon to receive a plaque on Hollywood's legendary Walk of Fame? I see Pete's face thinking this is a very easy answer. We'll see. We'll see how easy it is. You can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com with your answer. This is the first cartoon in general, like not not specifying it. It might not be Disney, but it probably is Disney. It's a Disney podcast, so it probably Except is. Except we're a Disney podcast, so it's likely Disney. It's likely a Disney how, cartoon. How complicated is this one? We'll see. We'll see. It ain't Mortimer. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. We'll see who it is. You know what? And it ain't Wally. We'll stop giving out giving out uh, who it ain't. All right. Anything else for this week, guys? That's it for me. I'm good. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.